Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. A lot going on. Hope you're having a good day. We have a lot of ground to cover. Today, we're going to talk some trade issues with Brian Keel, co-executive director for Farmers for Free Trade. We're going to talk with Nick Giordano with the National Pork Producers Council about the pork industry's legislative agenda for this year. And we're going to talk about tax proposals with Ethan Lane with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. He's their vice president, government affairs. We're going to talk about a state tax and stepped-up basis. Very much in the news once again, and that's where we start today with Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Jerry, thanks for joining us. The president unveiling his infrastructure plan. Uh, very bold, a lot of money in there, a lot of uh, uh, different projects that would be included in the infrastructure plan. But we're going to look at uh, proposals to pay for it, which could include a rollback of the federal estate tax exemption, and eliminating the step up in basis for inherited assets. And these are key issues, hot point issues for agriculture. What are you hearing? Well, you mentioned the stepped up basis, but that is not part of the Biden plan. That is the elimination of stepped up basis uh, is something that has been proposed by Senator Van Hollen in the, uh, in the Senate. But the, the um, White House aides made clear yesterday in a news conference that the that the Biden plan for paying for the uh, for the infrastructure program is an increase in t- in corporate taxes. So I think it's very important to differentiate these, and that Biden should not get blamed for the stepped up basis uh, proposal uh, because that isn't his. However, the stepped up basis proposal is is very important. Uh, because I think it would cause chaos in the land markets uh, because at the present time farmers um, who die uh, pass on their land to their uh, children and then the only time that it is t- you can have an estate tax if the estate is big enough but the only time it's taxed on capital gains is if it's sold and then it is sold um, on the uh, using the basis uh, at the time of death not at the time that it was purchased. Uh, so uh, this is a very serious matter, uh, and Senator Hoven, the ranking member on Senate Agriculture Appropriations, has told me that he will oppose this. Okay, so one of the things being talked about, raising the corporate tax rate, which supposedly the president is proposing an increase from 21 to 28 percent, may also shrink the 20 percent qualified business income deduction that many farms and small businesses use. So even though it sounds like, well, we're only going to go after corporations or the or the you know the very rich, so what usually happens is if you really dig down in this, it comes down to uh, the people like farmers and small businesses. Oh yes, it's very hard to raise enough money by going just after the uh, just after the rich. Uh, so indeed, there might be there there may there there may well be. Uh, increased uh, taxes on farmers. Um, at the other, on the other side of this, however, you know, all these uh, farm groups 
and particularly transportation groups dealing with exports have been calling for improvements to the to the uh, bridges and the roads and the ports, all these things, and as well as uh, improving broadband in rural America. So one way or another, if you're going to do these things, they have to be paid for. Either they have to be paid for with taxes or through, uh, you know, deficit spending. Yeah, it sets up a very interesting uh, debate moving forward. We'll see how this plays out. What are you hearing about proposals or thoughts about raising the gas tax? Is that getting anywhere? No. Um, uh, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, has said there will not be an increase in the gas tax. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't quite understand why not, uh, because people have been, uh, have been talking about that. Uh, but, of course, actual travel has gone down, and then I- I- when you add in electric cars, uh, which, of course, do not use any gas, uh, it, it may be that they have decided that if they raise the gas tax, they wouldn't raise enough money to make the battle worthwhile. There was also uh, even floated out there the idea of a mileage tax. You would be taxed on how many miles you drive. Uh, yes, and I don't. Uh, I don't think that has gone forward either. I, uh, but I. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Of course, all of this will be a big. Uh, you know, uh, probably a fairly long period of congressional uh, decision-making here. Uh, Most likely they're going to have to do this through another reconciliation package because it'll be difficult for the Republicans and the Democrats to to reach agreement. but I would say I would say that that improving the infrastructure of the country is a very popular idea. In some ways, I look at this period as very similar to the 1950s and 60s when we were talking about competition with the Soviet Union uh, and we built the interstate highway system partly for national defense reasons. So I think there there just is a very strong impetus towards this infrastructure improvement and everybody is talking about how china spending money other countries are spending money um, and becoming more competitive with the united states and that we need an improved in- infrastructure agriculture always says what keeps us competitive with brazil is that is our roads our farm to market roads our our canals our ports our ability to get the products out to the market so I think the the pressure to do an infrastructure package of some sort will be there. Already, but the timing is interesting because you're trying to get an economy back up and going, and if, if things that you're proposing to pay for these things actually limits that reopening or slows it down, then you is it counterproductive? It might be a short-term versus long-term situation. Already the Chamber of Commerce has raised some red flags. Oh, yes. I mean, there, you've got trade-offs here, uh, but I think there's going to be an awful lot of support for the idea that the, that the improving the infrastructure will help the economy uh, in the long in the long run. I know that people would like to be able to do it without any tax increase, but I don't think that's. Uh, but then, if you do it that way, then you have an argument that you're increasing deficit spending and endangering. Uh, you know the long-term stability of the dollar. So uh, we're we're going to end up with some trade-offs here, uh, no matter how it's finalized. Yeah, 
Can there be some offsets in other areas where money is being spent? And it all gets down to whose area is getting cut and whose area is getting taxed. And uh, that's where the rub comes in. It's going to be interesting uh, as we move through this. Jerry, thank you very much. We'll talk again soon. Yes, I look forward to it. I hope everyone has a happy Easter. Thank you very much, you too. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. More on these tax proposals later with Ethan Lane with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Up next, though, we're going to talk trade. We have a number of trade issues out there. How will the Biden administration handle them? What will their trade policy be going forward? We'll talk with Brian Keel, co-executive director of Farmers for Free Trade, next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique original content to their website at dtnpf.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crop, cattle, equipment, technology, and more. They are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit dtnpf.com today. As a farmer, I want a cooperative that's there for me. Not the other way around. A local co-op that works for me and works with CHS. To connect me with local experts I know and trust. And put a global network of markets and supply at my fingertips. A co-op that's here to help us. Own every day. When you're an owner of a local cooperative connected to CHS, you get local expertise, a proven efficient supply chain, and global market access. Learn more at cooperativeownership.com. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl, but with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Cenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Egg retailers, co-ops, and custom applicators have enormous productivity requirements. With thousands of acres of fertilizer to apply in a short window of time, they don't have time to make mistakes in the field. Intelligent Ag's Recon SpreadSense is the first ag technology that monitors the flow of product on floaters. The technology identifies flow issues to avoid streaks in the field that can hurt yield potential. Reduce the risk of misapplication by investing in Recon SpreadSense. Never doubt what you're putting out. Visit IntelligentAg.com to learn more. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready, and health insurance is your financial safety net. 
If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 800-664-2612. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, we're kind of waiting to see just what direction trade policy will go under the uh, Biden administration, and in particular, a lot of interest on what's going to happen with China. The president has said that we need to strengthen our standing in the world before we confront the Chinese head on. What does that mean, and where does that uh, take us as far as U.S.-China trade relations? And we have some other trade issues as well. Let's talk about it with Brian Keel, co-executive director of Farmers for Free Trade. Brian, good to talk with you again. Thanks for being with us. Great great to talk with you, Mike. So, I mean, this is the, a huge issue that uh, what the U.S.-China relationship is going to be moving forward uh, the president has talked more about the domestic programs than he has some of these uh, these trade issues. What do you think we're going to see from the Biden administration? What are you hoping we see from the Biden administration on trade? Well, I think we're we're certainly getting a clear idea of what direction they're going to head and what their strategy is. Um, you know, it was pretty clear in the lead up to the election and just after the election that President Biden wanted to change approach from President Trump's sort of go-it-alone approach. President Trump, you know, single-handedly waged a trade war against China and against other countries. And I think the Biden team thought that that was misplaced and the better approach was to work with our allies to, to apply pressure on China. And so it appears that's the direction they're headed, that the, the Biden administration is doing a lot of outreach to our allies, including the EU and the UK. Um, and moving slow on China. Their, their first meeting with China was a little testy, uh, but, uh, but it appears they're working with, uh, with the EU to, to try to ratchet up pressure on China before they begin talks on tariffs or a phase two agreement. Well, there was so much criticism in some circles of the Admi- Trump administration for putting on tariffs, but the Biden administration has not stepped in and lifted those uh, tariffs on China. That's right. That's right. They've uh, they've held off on doing that. In fact, Catherine Tai, the new U.S. trade representative, was quoted in the Wall Street Journal, I think just yesterday, saying, saying, you know, a good negotiator doesn't take anything off the table until the negotiator has to. And I think her worldview is uh, don't unilaterally lift tariffs. Don't even try to get China and the U.S. to both lift tariffs immediately. Lift them in the context of a larger deal. So I think they're I think they're holding on to those tariffs for leverage, which means they're they're going to be with us for the foreseeable future, certainly for the I think the next six to nine months. Uh, now the good news is that a lot of ag products are moving anyway, and China has been issuing exemptions to certain ag products. Uh, so even though there's a tariff in place, we've been able to move products at a price competitive uh, level. That's not true across the board, but certainly for a lot of products. I mean, we've been moving record amounts of corn recently. 
Yeah, some would say, what difference does it make uh, about all these other things? Uh, we're, they're buying a lot of our ag products, so let's keep that up. But uh, those other things, as we have seen before, tend to eventually uh, come back and impact those agricultural sales, too. They absolutely do. And I think I think one of the things that President Trump got right in the negotiations with China and in the phase one deal was, you know, putting putting an emphasis on resolving non-tariff barriers to trade. I think they identified, it seems like it was 57 non-tariff barriers to trade on everything from, you know, labeling to to pesticide inspections, et cetera. And, and China, to their credit, has been living up to that commitment. I think, you know, on 50 of 57, they've, they've been following through on their commitment. So those, those sort of long-term systemic changes really might, might make more difference, a greater difference in the long term uh, than some of the short-term plays. We're talking with Brian Keel, co-executive director of the Farmers for Free Trade uh, Coalition. Uh, Brian, there's been almost unanimous support for Catherine Tai as our U.S. trade representative. Do you share that uh, that support? We do. Yeah, we were very pleased to see Catherine Tai come in. She's got a good track record of being supportive of, of free trade. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a trade negotiator who's fluent in Mandarin uh, sitting across the table mm-hmm. from the Chinese. So I think that that was a nice touch. Um, you know, I, it's clear to me that the Biden administration's juggling a lot of interests. I mean, on the one hand, they've got domestic interests that want to see trade and exports. And I think they're they're acutely aware that a lot of our economy, including our rural economy, runs on exports. I mean, 20 percent of farm revenue is from uh, from exports. And and so their their trade policy for this year specifically calls that out and, and acknowledges the importance of trade to, to rural areas and to agriculture. Um, so I, I'm hopeful that as they implement these these moves with the EU, with Mexico, with China, ag trade is going to be front and center in those discussions. Now here's an interesting situation that's developing, and I ju- we just talked about it in the last segment. Uh, we've got this obvious need for infrastructure improvement and many in agriculture have been calling for this and pointing this out for some time the president now proposing a very ambitious infrastructure plan but along with it comes some ways of paying for it that are not very uh, appealing to agriculture uh, when it comes to certain taxes and things like estate taxes stepped up basis things like that so now we have a rub uh, how this plays out but obviously infrastructure ties in with trade well it absolutely does i I think that the president biden's infrastructure package that he's putting on the table today i I believe it's somewhere in the order of 680 billion dollars for roads bridges ports inland waterways i mean things that are important for us to get products to market And, and you know if you live in a rural area you certainly know the importance of having a having a good road um so so that's really an important upside. Now, one thing that's interesting with how the Biden administration is approaching this, the hard infrastructure, that package we just talked about, two, it's a total $2 trillion that includes a number of other infrastructure components, you know, water systems and, and, and other pieces. That $2 trillion is paired up with, uh, with taxes on uh, corporations for the most part. Um, so raising the corporate tax rate uh, to, I believe, 28 percent, you know, it had been 35 percent before the uh, before the 2017 tax reform bill. So it it moves it up closer to where it was, but it's still below where it was in 2017. Um, 
So a lot, the pay-fors for the hard infrastructure really are on those corporate tax rates and a lot of international corporate taxation. Um, the step-up in basis and the individual income tax components appear to be paired up with non-hard infrastructure. And by that, I mean things like universal pre-K uh, and child care and other things that, that are on the Democrat wish list. And, and I'm not sure why they've done it that way. Um, it might be a political calculation that infrastructure is likely to move and they, they want to be able to pay for it with the corporate taxes and the other pieces may not move. I, we'll just have to see. But, uh, but I think those are there's upsides and downsides to both of these equations. So you sound at least cautiously optimistic about uh, trade policy moving forward. I would say I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, I think to some degree that the jury's still out, and, and we, shouldn't, we shouldn't discount the challenges we have. I mean, we have real challenges right now, for example, with Mexico. Uh, they're making all sorts of protectionist moves about U.S. ag products, you know, saying they won't accept GMO corn for human consumption, uh, putting restrictions on uh, pesticides, um, you know, uh, bad-talking uh, corn syrup in, in their markets. So, so there's a number of problems that we have. The good news is, you know, we've got the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, which sets up a framework for resolving disputes. And really, that's what we should all ask for. We want trade regulate, regulated by rules. Uh, we we want to be able to say we know what the, what the, what the playing field looks like, and if, and if there's a foul on the field, uh, we want to be able to, uh, or a penalty, we want to be able to, to call it and have a, you know, a neutral referee arbitrate it. So, so I, I think there are challenges, but yeah, I'd say I'm cautiously optimistic that we're moving in the right direction. Well, we know for those of us that follow sports, um, those penalties, there's always a big debate that goes with them and someone feels like they didn't get the <laughs> fair end of it, right? I mean, that, that's just the way it goes, so we'll see how this plays out. Hey, Brian, it's good to talk with you again. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting, especially with this infrastructure proposal and tax proposals to go along with it. Uh, some interesting debate setting up here as we move forward. Absolutely. Let's let's keep talking. This will roll out over the next three or four months, so we'll have, have many updates, I'm sure. All right. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Mike. Take care. Brian Brian Keel, co-executive director of Farmers for Free Trade. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And, of course, also we've got the uh, planning intentions report coming out today. We're going to have a lot of information, a lot of analysis on that on tomorrow's program. But coming up next, we're going to talk with Nick Giordano with the National Pork Producers Council. We'll talk about some of these issues, trade issues and others, and also the pork industry's legislative agenda for 2021. That's coming up next. Stay with us. You are listening to AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. For more than 135 years, the editors of Progressive Farmer have provided generations of farmers and ranchers with the information they need and trust to make informed and profitable decisions. We know you need that content delivered on multiple platforms, so it's available when you want it. That's why we created our weekly podcast called Field Posts. Join me, Sarah Mock, each week as I interview agriculture's top thought leaders 
as well as farming's most diverse team of editors at the Progressive Farmer and DTN on a wide range of subject matter. From farm policy and crop production to finances, technology, and so much more, you'll have a front row seat to learn and engage in what's happening in agriculture today. You can find the podcast listed on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or by visiting our website at dtnpf.com backslash field posts. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. Today, the USDA releases their quarterly Grain Stocks and Perspectives Planting Report at 11 a.m. Central Time. Everyone is looking forward to today's report for updated fundamentals, but the two-week weather forecast will quickly become more important to prices. We are seeing a jump in soybeans and corn with lower wheat futures ahead of the release. On the Board of Trade, May Corn trading four cents higher at 5.43 and a fraction. The July contract up three and a half. At 525 and three quarters. May soybeans trading 17 cents higher at 1384 and a fraction. The July contract up 16 and a fraction at 1374 and a fraction. For wheat, the Chicago wheat May contract trading three and three quarters lower at 598. Kansas City wheat made down a half a cent at 557 and three quarters. Minneapolis spring wheat made down a half a cent at 601 and a fraction. The July contract down a penny and a fraction at 610 and a fraction. Cattle futures did not continue on the upside, but neither did they fall apart. There is strong support from increasing box beef and the perspective of higher cash. New highs in some hog contracts keep the uptrend alive and well. Dips have been buying opportunities. Looking at lean hog futures on the Board of Trade, the May contract down 60 cents at 101.02, the June contract down 72 at 105.30. For feeder cattle, the April contract down $1.22 at 145.60, the May contract down $1.10 at 151.12. For live cattle, the April contract trading 7 cents higher at 121.05, the June contract up 2 at 122.22. In the outside markets, the Dow is down 7 points, the Nasdaq Composite up 208, the S&P 500 up 19, crude oil in New York, the May contract up 3 cents at 60.58 per barrel, the U.S. dollar index is trending lower. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad? Your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. 
A lot to talk about with our next guest, Nick Giordano, Vice President and Council, Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. Nick, good to talk with you again. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Uh, Topic of the day has kind of been so far uh, the proposal by the Biden administration. They're unveiling their big infrastructure package and then also the talk about ways to pay for it, different taxes, things close to agriculture's heart, of course, uh, that they've defended very closely. The ag community has stepped up bases and, uh, of course, always concerned about the the so-called death tax, the estate tax. What's your reaction early on to what you're seeing about the proposals, both on the spending side and on the tax side? Well, it's a lot of money, and um, it's going to be a long discussion. This is just the beginning of the discussion the president's initiating in Pittsburgh today. Um, there are undoubtedly going to be things that we want, offensive interests, um, you know, both in terms of domestic infrastructure and the ports. The U.S. pork industry is the biggest exporter in the world. And then, you know, defensively in terms of things that will um, increase our, our costs and taxes and other things and so on. Um, I I know Speaker Pelosi has said she wants to wrap this up by the summer. I think that's going to be difficult. I think most folks here inside the Beltway are thinking this could take all year. I don't know. We'll be ready if it is the summer. But, you know, we'll have both offensive and defensive interests. And uh, there's there's going to be – today is just the beginning of the discussion. There will be a lot of things put on the table, things pulled back and so on. Yeah, long ways to go on this for sure. Um, You will be having your legislative action conference uh, in a couple weeks. What are the top legislative priorities for the pork industry this year? Well, trade is always very important. Uh, Again, Mike, we're U.S. pork industry is the number one exporter in the world. Um, So much of our growth is, you know, outside the U.S. So trade and specifically we're going to be talking about increased access in Vietnam, um, labor. We got to have a stable, uh, viable workforce. Uh, and then, um, three kind of animal health issues really that fall under, um, border security. And, um, um, so it, we're we're excited. This will be virtual, of course. Washington is still not open for business. The Fed, most people in the federal government uh, and so on, a lot of congressional staff are not back to work. Most most folks in D.C. It's still we're only in phase two, so it will be virtual. But we did this virtually in the fall. It was effective, and uh, I'm very optimistic that we'll have another. Um, excellent uh, um, opportunity here to influence things for the benefit of our producers. We're talking with Nick Giordano, Vice President and Council Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. Nick, what can you tell us? What are you hearing about African swine fever again in China? Well, you know, it's it's hard to get very reliable data out of China, but the bottom line is there's tremendous opportunity there. Um, I think your last guest was talking about China tariffs, and I think broadly across, you know, most of the private sector, the big trade concern is getting the tariffs off. 
Um, we're concerned that we continue to have a 25% tariff on our exports to China. We'd obviously like to get rid of that. Uh, it, it is suppressing the value that we otherwise would be getting, but for those tariffs. So we're at 33%. Most of our competition's 8%. Nevertheless, because of African swine fever, we've had significant opportunities the past couple of years. And I would say much more so for us, it's about African swine fever and not so much the phase one deal. And, you know, we support that. But more important, we support uh, trying to turn down the volume on U.S.-China relations so that we can, you know, not only capitalize shorter term on the opportunities presented by ASF, but, you know, when you look at this market long term, it's, it's going to be a very big import market for pork. Um, you know, and they're notwithstanding their efforts to rebuild their herd, which they're doing and they're having some hiccups now, but they're going to import pork. And the question is, you know, to what extent will the U.S. be a supplier? Uh, and that remains to be seen. And that, of course, is all tied up in U.S.-China relations. Border security is such a huge issue when it comes to keeping disease out of this country. Uh, so far, so good on keeping African swine fever out. But there's always the issue of funding, uh, those uh, those protections that we have at the border. Where are we on that? Well, we were successful last year in getting funding authorized for 720 new ag inspectors. This was in the Protecting America's Food and Agriculture Act. That's really important. Um, you know, MPPC was at the tip of the spear on that. And, and I, you know, that's good not just for pork, not just for meat and livestock. That's, that's all of ag. But <laughs> getting money authorized and getting money mm-hmm. actually appropriated are two different things. So we're, uh, as part of our virtual fly-in here, producers will be talking about getting money actually appropriated. We got to get all those positions uh, filled. We also will be working to get more money um, appropriated for the National Animal Health Laboratory Network. And uh, we're going to be surfacing an issue, uh, and we recently have been, that may be new to some folks, which is rescue animals. So there's a trend among some in the U.S., um, who, you know, don't like the fact that in certain countries outside the United States, um, dogs are consumed for food. And so there's a little cottage industry importing animals. And, uh, we're, you know, we're not trying to stop that, but we got to make sure it, it's not, it, it, there isn't the proper oversight. And we want APHIS to be uh, we think they, they have legal, they should have legal oversight. We want them more engaged. We're concerned about, you know, the betting and, and, uh, they, you know, these animals, especially if they're coming from the wet, wet markets, which some of them are, obviously could, um, carry ASF. So we gotta be diligent, um, you know, in every single aspect one could think about in terms of trying to keep this disease out of the country. And look, we in the last administration, and then I'm confident in this new administration, you know, we've, we've got the support of APHIS and USDA. Obviously, 
no secretary wants a uh, you know a brutal uh, foreign disease coming in on on their watch and so i i'm i'm, I'm confident that the us government will um, will share our concerns and will take the um, the necessary action to mitigate the risks here yeah, as you pointed out, huge difference between authorizing funds and appropriating funds. So we have to watch that. Uh, finally, uh, the Biden administration talks a lot about wanting to do a lot of coalition building on, on international issues. What about on trade? Do uh, you think we're going to see anything, any move towards a something similar to what was proposed for TPP? You know, I, Mike, I... I truly believe the United States is going to go back into TPP, which is now CPTPP. And I think there'll be a renegotiation on, on things like labor and the environment. We'll see something, um, I, you know, I think in, in some regards, TPP was a template for the USMCA negotiations. And then, um, and, I, and I think in another respect, USMCA will become a template for the U.S. going into CPTPP. Now, of course, you know, the Japanese and others are going to have to go along with the U.S. desire to do some renegotiating, which I think the U.S. will. Um, we're fine with the deal and the pork industry. I mean, the irony for us is we're really responsible. We worked very hard in the Obama administration. We were extraordinarily aggressive. And the irony is we got a great deal now that other countries are, you know, enjoying pork industries in other countries. Um, and thank goodness the Trump administration got us on a level footing in Japan. That, that was huge. But I, I, I think um, the U.S. will go back. Uh, but I'm not, um, you know, I, I think this year, looking at the congressional calendar, looking at, you know, the 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 infrastructure bill that's being introduced today, other administration priorities. I'm not sure that Congress gets around to author, you know, renewing CPA this year. And I, you know, I, I'm somewhat skeptical about getting back into TPP this year, but I, I do think it will happen. I think it's not just a commercial issue. I mean, it's the fastest growing economic region in the world. But geopolitically, it's very important. Yeah. So I, I do think it'll happen, but probably not this year. All right, Nick, a lot going on. Good to talk with you. Look forward to seeing you in person at World Pork Expo coming in June. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Nick Giordano, Vice President and Counsel, Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. Up next, we'll talk more about the infrastructure proposal coming out from the Biden administration and plans to pay for it. That's next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know 
whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we examine how the modern cooperative system solves today's biggest challenges. We'll be talking to CHS experts and farmers and ranchers just like you, and we'll learn how cooperatives apply innovation and technology to help co-op owners get more value every day. So join us for Around the Table every Tuesday, or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Jake Parker, Senior Vice President of the U.S.-China Business Council. What are your thoughts on how things are starting off between the Biden administration and China? I think we have to understand that the Biden administration is prioritizing a number of different policies that are quite different from the previous administration. Trade is no longer the, the top priority when it comes to China. And frankly, it's much lower than many of the domestic priorities for the new administration. So, you know, the, the first meeting, what we hear from when we talk to negotiators is that while it was very, very acerbic on the surface, uh, when the two sides were engaging publicly, the second that those doors were closed, it all was down to business and everyone became very diplomatic. So a little bit different than, than what, what it was publicly, and there's probably room for negotiations. But we should recognize as well that the overlap between the two sides and areas where the two sides want to work together outside of climate change, there's a limited number of those going forward. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Farming has gotten so complex, you need another you just to keep up with it all. You'll come close when you work with your FS Crop Specialist. They know your growing conditions and your land, working for you season to season, helping fine-tune decisions to ensure a healthy ROI. And they're constantly in training to learn about the latest in seed selection, crop protection, and nutrient management. Plus, they're achieving certification standards that exceed the industry. Contact your local FS Crop Specialist to learn more. FS, bringing you what's next. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl, but with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Cenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it. 
with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Again, just a reminder that tomorrow we'll have a lot of analysis of the planning intentions report and the stocks numbers. So uh, that'll be our focus tomorrow, as well as uh, one of the big topics today, of course, is the infrastructure proposal by the Biden administration and proposed ways to pay for it, including the estate tax, the elimination of that or changes in that, and of course, eliminating the step-up basis. Uh, those things are very important to agriculture as well. So we got this situation where agriculture has been calling for years for improvements in infrastructure, but if if this is the price tag of uh, on the tax side, the paying side, the, spent, uh, the payment, will it include these changes and things that are very important to agriculture? Is the cost too high? Let's talk about that now with our next guest, Ethan Lane, Vice President, Government Affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. So, Ethan, here we are. Uh, pro- finally, a, a strong proposal to hit on a lot of key areas for infrastructure improvement that agriculture has been calling for, but concerns about ways to pay for it. What are you looking at here, and what are your concerns? So we're, we're reviewing everything that's come out this morning. The White House is going to be giving us all a briefing here in about an hour uh, on the details of this proposal from their perspective. It looks like they're going to pay for this, this tranche, and I'm saying it that way because there's more to come in the Biden agenda, uh, his sort of build back better agenda. But this infrastructure piece, $2 trillion in spending over eight years, paid for over 15, uh, it looks like they're going to focus on big corporate uh, tax increases. So the, the headline there would be uh, that corporate tax rate increase from 21% to 28%. It appears from what we've seen that they have avoided uh, the death tax and stepped up basis elimination in this round. Um, you know, I, I say that because we fully expect that in their list of, of potential pay-for uh, actions, it, it is certainly going to come up at some point this year. Um, but in this particular proposal, it looks like they're going to focus on the corporate tax rates. Okay, two things here. Let's start with that, the corporate tax rate. They may also, it's it's said, may also shrink the 20% qualified business income deduction that many farms and small businesses use. So, I mean, it sounds good good to many to say, okay, they're going to just uh, have the, you know, go after the corporations, big, uh, the big, the rich guys, they're the ones going to pay for it. But usually these things find a way to filter down to uh, to a lot of others. And all of a sudden you'd say, uh-oh, I guess we're now they're included us in that category of the, of the big guys, the rich guys. So this would have an impact on agriculture, yep. wouldn't it? 
you just you just hit on the the key the key statement in this entire conversation is the rich guy problem, right? And when you look at agricultural operations around the country, and this is why we spend so much time on things like stepped up bases. Uh, we're expecting the, the the Preserving Family Farms Act to be reintroduced next week that deals with moving the stepped up basis, uh, uh, the valuation limit from 750000 to $11.5 because agriculture inappropriately gets bucketed in that rich guy category. It's a business where we, we have a lot of illiquid assets that, that make our businesses possible. Um, it's not appropriate to lump a family farm that happens to have a lot of land needed for their operation into a, a, a wealthy uh, tax status because of that. But that's really kind of the if it feels rich, tax it mentality is really what's dominating a lot of this conversation in Washington right now. So we're going to have to really be aggressive in, in coming with facts and figures to illustrate just what a large section of American agriculture could be impacted inappropriately by these kinds of moves um, if they throw too wide a net and if they kind of lead with that, let's make sure we tax the rich rather than, okay, let's make sure we're not negatively impacting small businesses that have enough problems already without a massive tax increase to go, to go along with it. Yeah, I, you know, it's one thing to say we're going to tax the rich, but then when they start redefining who's rich, then, then it cuts, cuts a little closer to home for a lot of people. We're talking with Ethan Lane with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. So, Ethan, if indeed uh, the battle is down the line over estate taxes and stepped-up basis, I guess the big question will be, is that a line in the sand for agriculture who wants these infrastructure improvements but wants to protect these uh, these tax issues as well? Well, it's going to have to be because, you know, you, you can give a, all the benefits in the world. We can improve rural broadband. We can do all these things. But if you can't afford to stay in business, if you, if you can't afford to pass an agricultural operation on to your kids, if they can't afford to maintain that family farm, none of the rest of it matters. Uh, the, the, the rural economies that depend on these agricultural operations simply won't be able to, uh, to survive, none, you know, nevertheless feed the American people. Um, so you, we're going to have to do both. And, and that is what we're hearing from the administration is they want to make sure that they're empowering agriculture. There's a lot in this bill uh, that speaks to creating new opportunities for agriculture in the climate space. Obviously, that's a dominant conversation back in Washington uh, at the moment. But, you know, the devil's in the details. And, and we're, we're going to be really sort of sharpening our pencils as we talk with the administration over the coming days about what's in this $2 trillion plan. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, we're going to have to be really vocal about the fact that this budget reconciliation process where you get no input from half of Congress uh, is not going to be a good tool for doing something this big. They're going to need input from those rural state representatives and senators and a lot of times that means republicans and that means compromise and and that's really the only way something like this is going to get done so uh we, we're going to have to make sure we're really in there fighting and, and and making our opinions known and taking them at their uh, in their word and holding them to it when they say they don't want to uh inappropriately target agriculture yeah you're right it, the details that's the key i mean when these announcements are made uh they're made to sound wonderful and they kind of talk in generalities and throw big numbers oh, yeah. at at different at different things but uh then when you get down to the details that's when uh that's when the rub can come in and you start seeing uh where there are some issues all right ethan thanks a lot it's going to be an interesting uh, year ahead uh on on these and other issues thanks for the update and your perspective appreciate it thanks mike 
Ethan Lane, Vice President, Government Affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. We're going to be talking a lot more about uh, this in the, in the days ahead. Finally, an infrastructure proposal, but controversy and concern about how to pay for it. We'll be talking about that and more coming up on tomorrow's program, plus uh, the latest numbers from USDA. Hope you'll join us right here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.